Did you hear that? What? What? That that noise. Was that the horror comedy podcast? With Jake and Haley, Sundays and Wednesdays. The only podcast where we get high and try to scare you and share short, scary stories. Contains marijuana. Keep away from children. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Comedy Podcast with me, Haley. This week we have a special mini episode. We are going to share some scary stories. We have Mindy and Sharon from Horse Talk Horror with us this week. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Tell us a bit about Horse Talk Horror. So um, Mindy and I met in the third grade and we had a mutual love of horror movies. And when we were little, we used to play um, poltergeist, you know, like little kids do. Like one of us would put on the television to an off station. So it'd be like all static and crackling. And one of us would sit in front of the TV with our hands on the screen while the other person slowly walked up behind them and put their hand on their shoulder and then the person playing Carol Ann would just turn around going, they're here. You know, like and normal then, eight-year-olds do. Yeah. And then we would just take turns and then, I'll, you know, the other person would be Carol Ann. And we used to play troll. Uh, with my, one with of my us- She-Ra mask. I, I feel yes. like that's an important detail. Yes, one of us would put on Mindy's She-Ra mask and hide somewhere, and the other person would have to go and find the troll, and then the person would jump out and scare the crap out of the other one, and then chase them, and then, yeah, um, God, we were weird. We would watch, um, you know, Freddy Krueger and just try and scare the crap out of each other whenever we could, and uh, yeah, years later, not going to reveal our age, but um, we decided to finally just make a podcast where we just talked about true crime, the paranormal, uh, horror movies, David Lynch, any, you know, weird, interesting things that we're into. So So this like love of horror, where did that kind of start for you? Like, were you just, you can't, like you came out of the womb creepy? I think so. Honestly, we were talking about this earlier and I was saying that I remembered, like I have just like images of it, but I remember being three years old and having a blanket fort in our living room that was close to the TV kind of. And my dad's a big Star Wars fan. So like I had all these figurines and I was like playing in the blanket fort, like with the figurines. And my mom, she had actually recorded off of the TV because you did that back in the day. Hey, no DVRs. Um, and she recorded the, the 1963 version of the movie, The Haunting, that Mike Flanagan just recently made into The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Love um, yeah, I'm a big fan of the, the original book, the author Shirley Jackson. And then the 1963 film is a great adaptation. And it's in black and white and there's not really any gore. So I guess my mom just figured it would be fine to like watch it while I was playing in the same room. But then I got interested I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And I wasn't really scared, but just more interested. And, and I remember watching Poltergeist when I was like five or six. 
And my mom putting me to bed that night being like, are you sure you're not scared? And I was like, no, I'm not. It was just like an interest kind of a thing. And then when we moved shortly after, I met Sharon and Sharon was the only other person in the third grade (laughs) that liked that kind of thing. So uh, that's kind of how we became friends. But yeah, I literally, I think I came out of the womb creepy. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) What about you? Um, so I had like a cool teenage aunt, um, that I like idolized and she used to watch horror movies and let me hang out with her and watch them. Um, and I just really enjoyed them. She let me watch Children of the Corn and uh, she took me to go see the Lost Boys in the theater when I was really young. And we watched the original, um, When a Stranger Calls and like so many horror movies together. Um, and I was scared, but loved the feeling of being scared and just wanted like more and more. So yeah, I think, uh, she had a lot to do with it. I think like cool ants are so trending right now and you have like (laughs) before it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I have a niece that I'm like, she likes the darker things but she doesn't like being scared. So she's into skulls and like zombies and everything. But when I talk about watching like a horror movie or whatever, she's like, no, like that's too scary. Like she thought the Goonies was really scary a couple of years ago and was like, no. So I'm, I'm working on her slowly. <laughs> Such a like fun age though, watching your first horror movies, like they have a different effect on you. Do you guys yeah. have like a favorite horror movie? I mean, I... Like I said before, I'm a big Shirley Jackson fan, so that original 1963 haunting sticks with me, but it's also a fantastic movie. Like, it's one of Martin Scorsese's favorite horror movies. Like, it's it's great. Um, but we were thinking, when we were talking about this earlier, we were thinking about, or at least I was thinking about modern scary movies, just because I feel like there was a lull for a while in, like, really good ones, and now it seems to be coming back, and... um Ty West, Sharon and I are a big fan of his work. So um, The Innkeepers is a favorite of mine. Um, But he also did like House of the Devil, which is a good one. And then Ari Oster is kicking butt with, you know, Hereditary and Midsommar. So those are good ones. At least those are like some of my favorite modern scary movies, I feel like I would say. Definitely. I think Hereditary is like the new poltergeist. (laughs) Really? Right? Yeah, I tend to like the classics. Um, I mean, I like them all, um, but uh, I guess as far as favorites, um, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the original Kubrick Shining, not the miniseries remake um, with Steven Weber. Um, No offense to Steven Weber. Yeah, he's a cutie. (laughs) Um, What else? Black Christmas, the original Black Christmas. Why do I I, always forget that one? I don't know. It's one of your favorite movies ever. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I am a big fan of Rob Zombie. So I love the House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. You know, that whole series is is great. Definitely. I think that is kind of um, what started me on modern horror movies being like, oh, okay, it's not all uh, hostile, you know, <laughs> like it's not right. all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Out of all this scary shit that you guys are into, like, how much of that has leaked into your your personal life? Like, what what are your creepy experiences, your horror movie moments? Like, tell me everything. 
Hmm. Well, if I can like turn my camera around, you can see my house is still decorated for Halloween. <laughs> minus, minus two, actually. Yeah. Um, Sharon and I, I'm going to, I'll go first this time, but Sharon and I growing up lived a few blocks from each other when I, my family first moved to the town that we all lived in. And there was something about our area that was really weird and spooky because she and I both had experiences in the houses that we lived just blocks apart from each other. Um, and I recently found out that a mutual friend of ours who also lived blocks from us, when his family did construction on their house when he was a kid, his mom called in like a religious leader from their community to bless the house because they were having experiences. Um, my family and I stayed in the town but moved to a different house in the town when I was like in junior high maybe. And when we moved to that other house, it was in a different part of the town, nothing absolutely nothing totally fine so we I kind of personally think there's something up with that one area that like we grew up in but like uh, my favorite story of that house is not my mom refuses to talk about this but um I was in the fourth or fifth grade and my mom and dad had like a community some community like a library board meeting or some community something going on that night and my mom had um my friend Amy come over and she was like, well, we're only going to be gone. Your father and I are only going to be gone for a few hours. Like you guys, you know, play with the computer or whatever. And then just go to sleep in our bed when, you know, it's ready for bed. It'll be fine. You know, and we were like, okay. And we didn't experience anything. But um, my mom said that as she was driving down the house, like down the street towards our house, the way our house was set up, it was on a corner and you could see our dining room window. I don't know why I'm gesturing when you can't see gestures on a podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my mom was driving down the street towards our house and she said that the dining room curtains were wide open. The light was on over the dining room table and she saw what looked like my dad walk from the dining room back towards like where the bedrooms and the bathroom was and thought, oh good, he's home turn the corner, hit the garage door opener, his car wasn't in the garage. And she was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I think she said she did grab a baseball bat because she was like, the girls are in there. Like, we had a dog at the time, you know, but she was like, I don't know what to expect. And then she came in and the curtains were closed. The light was off. My friend and I were asleep peacefully in bed. Our dog was asleep with us. Like, nothing was wrong. I think it makes it creepier that you had a dog because if it was an intruder, the dog would be right. Oh my God. And she had been known to do that too, like in our basement, especially like she would bark at certain corners or certain areas. And my mom would make fun of me and be like, you want to be, you want you like ghosts and all the scary stuff, but the first sign of something creepy and you run. And I'm like, yeah, cause I've seen horror movies. I know better. <laughs> I can't pause this or turn it off. <laughs> like it's not right. <laughs> also, what's the first mistake everybody makes what is that noise i'm gonna investigate i know better but yeah sharon stayed in in the house that she grew up in until she was an adult and sharon you've got stories yeah so the house that i lived in there was a nursing home right behind it um i personally think that because so many people died in the nursing home that like spirits crossed over into our house. I don't, I never talked to any of my neighbors. Um, so I don't know if anyone else had experiences, but things would like happen and then they would cool down for a while and then things would happen again. And there were things that I experienced or my mom, my brother, um, friends, 
Um, but the very first thing that I ever experienced, I was about seven or eight years old and I used to wake up in the middle of the night all the time and I would jump out of my bed and I would run into the living room and turn on all the lights and turn on the TV and I would fall asleep on the couch watching like MTV or something. Um, one night I woke up and I had a nightlight that was in my room and it was like a pretty bright nightlight, you know, I could see everything in my room, like really clearly. Um, and in the corner of my room on top of my dollhouse, there was a shadow figure and it was probably about six feet tall. And it was, you know, the typical shadow figure, uh, just a dark outline of a man. He had a wide brim hat. He had a long coat. Um, and it, I could just feel it was just like looking at me and I was like paralyzed. Like I could not get out of bed like I normally do and go run into the living room. I was terrified that it was going to grab me. I was terrified that if I called for my parents that it would like come towards me. Um, so I, you know, was trying to like rationalize in my head cause I was smart enough to know what makes a shadow. And so I'm looking between my nightlight and the shadow on the wall and there is nothing that could possibly make an outline of like a six foot tall man with a hat and a coat. Um, I pulled the blankets over my head and when I pulled him back down, he was still there. Uh, I just eventually pulled the blankets over my head, turned the other way and fell asleep. Never saw it again. Um, but there was definitely other things that would happen in the house. Uh, we would hear like the back door slam shut when no one would be coming home. Um, I had my TV turn on by myself, by itself one time. Um, there was another time when this was when I was like in my, uh, twenties before I moved out and my mom was on vacation and I was the only one in the house. And I woke up to someone turning my doorknob to like get in my bedroom because I would always lock my door at night. And I like called my boyfriend on the phone and was like, I think someone's in my house. Like, please stay with me. And I got up to go investigate and like no one was in my house. All the windows were locked. Nothing was broken. Like all the doors were locked. Um, so yeah. And then I moved out like shortly after that. So uh, yeah, that was the last of my experiences in that house. But then um, I eventually moved to a house in my, I think early thirties and I was living with a boyfriend and his house was also haunted. Um, he, the, the previous owner of his house actually died in his house. And when he bought his house, he would always joke like, oh, I hope, I hope the guy who lived here before me, because it was an old man, I hope he didn't die in the house. And so one day he's like around the house doing things and his doorbell rings and a guy comes to the door and he's like, hey, I'm the grandson of, of the man who used to live here. You know, I used to come by and cut his lawn and everything. I just wanted to introduce myself because I live in the area. And my boyfriend at the time was like, um, I'll call him Jeff. <laughs> Let's call him by his name. So it's easier. Um, so Jeff was like, Oh, okay. Nice to meet you. And then the, the, um, the guy was like, Oh, and points to a corner in Jeff's living room. And it's like, that's where he died right over there. And so Jeff was like, fuck. <laughs> so it was shortly after that, when he started noticing, like he would put a drink down somewhere and it would move somewhere else. Um, he would hear like, bumps and bangs in the middle of the night when there shouldn't be um just always like this heavy feeling like someone was with him or watching him and eventually it would um 
escalate. And then one night he was sleeping and he woke up and there was a dark shadow of a man standing over him. So like most dudes, what do you do? Takes a swing at the ghost. (laughs) That's my favorite part. I think of this whole story is that he took a fucking swing at a ghost. Right? Like, I'm just going to beat this ghost up. Well (laughs) done, buddy. It's such a male thing to do. Like, you know, what would a woman do? Like, I would just probably either scream or pull the blanket over my head or, yeah, I don't think I would take a swing at it. Um, But when he took a swing at it, it just, like, vanished before his eyes. And after that, he said that things escalated even more. Um, and then finally he came home from work one day and he like had it and like broke down and was just like, this is my house now you need to leave or move on and things stopped. Um, but then his friend moved in with him and became his roommate. So, um, his friend Paul moved in, Paul's mom died while he was living there and he, Paul got his mom's ashes and Paul's sweet guy, but he's a huge chicken. Um, so he was like, I don't feel comfortable having my mom's ashes in my room. Would you please like hold on to them in your room for me until we can like spread her ashes in Wisconsin, which is where they had like a cabin up there. So Jeff was like, sure, give me the ashes. He kept them in his closet. One Saturday morning, Paul went to work, Jeff's laying in bed and in the living room, he hears a conversation between an old woman and an old man. And he's like laying in bed wide awake for like a half an hour or more hearing this conversation. Like wasn't the TV, TV wasn't on, no one else is home. And he knew the woman's voice. It was Paul's mom because she was a very heavy smoker and had a very distinct voice. So he knew that voice and he could only assume that the voice of the man was the man that died in the house. And he's like, he wasn't scared. He didn't feel like threatened or freaked out. And he couldn't really make out what they were saying, but he just like laid there and like listened to their voices. Um, And so then like eventually like Paul moved out, you know, they spread the ashes. (laughs) Um, And then I moved in and I knew the story about Paul's mom and the guy like having that conversation. That was all I knew. Jeff never told me about things moving around or, you know, feeling like someone was always watching him. Um, so I assumed it was just that one incident and it was only because Paul's mom's ashes were in the house, but I just constantly had this like feeling of dread every single time I was home alone. Like I constantly felt like someone was watching me or someone was in the room next to me. Like when Jeff would go to work in the morning, I was so scared to even just like get out of bed in the morning and like go to the bathroom. (laughs) Like I would be laying in bed until I was like practically had to like wet myself. And I was like, okay, I finally have to get up and like go to the bathroom. But like, I was terrified. I would like jump out of bed and like run to the bathroom. And it was just like, and it would be sun shining completely bright in the house. And it was just, I, I just felt so scared constantly that there was something there and it was not like something uh, friendly. I see your cat in the background. Hi, kitty. <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, at first you had mentioned in your, in your home, your childhood home about the, uh, sleep paralysis sort of incident with the top hat man or with the man wearing mm-hmm. that. It's just really interesting. Cause there's actually like a whole documentary mm-hmm. that phenomenon. Yes. Have you watched or heard of that at all? 
Yeah, we watched watch it. it. Yeah. And I even I interviewed Sharon about her hat man. <laughs> <laughs> I just but yours was a little different, I think, than what most people were describing, right, Sharon? Um, it was you know the, that documentary. It started out really good, and then it got awful. Um, there were some people who I thought like, okay, this is very similar to what I experienced and they're very credible. And then there was people just like grasping at straws, like trying to come up with like, I mean, they would have these like photographs and be like, here's the hat man right here. And it's like, no, that's just, that's like some dude in the background. Like, (laughs) it's just, you know, like it, I don't know. Um, I, I don't think what I had was sleep paralysis just because I, I was like awake for a while. Um, I did develop sleep paralysis later in life and it was like really, really bad sleep paralysis. Um, but my grandpa also had the same experience that I had about 10 years later and he was awake. Like he was turning lights off in his house, getting ready to go to bed at night. And there was a shadow figure in the corner of his living room. And he just like slowly walked backwards down the hall, like facing it. He didn't want to turn his back on it. And he was terrified and he, he did not like talking about it at all. Like he's, he was like a big, strong man, but that like scared the shit out of him. Um, so, and in my family, we've had so many, like my, both my grandmothers had kind of like psychic abilities. Um, I've had a, a lot of psychic um, experiences too. Like I knew the exact moments almost when, um, two of my grandparents died, um, and just weird things like that. Uh, so I think, I think it kind of like runs in my family, like having that ability. So same for me, my dad, on my dad's side, especially, well, both sides really, but my dad, had an aunt, so it would have been my great aunt. Um, unfortunately, I never got to meet her. She died, you know, long before I came around. But um, she lived in Colorado, and she supposedly did have uncanny abilities. Um, my dad's brother is older than my dad, and they went to visit this aunt when he was when my dad was like in grade school, and so my uncle was in high school at the time. And he was actually dating what became my now aunt, my uncle's wife. But in high school, they were on again, off again. Like he didn't think it was a thing, whatever. And so this, my, my dad's aunt, my grandpa's sister, <laughs> um, she, I guess, was so good with her abilities. She had just a deck of playing cards, not tarot cards even, but sat down and had my uncle shuffle the deck of playing cards, spread them out, and basically told him he was going to marry my aunt. And he was like, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen. Whatever. They did it again. Same exact result. My uncle took the cards and was angry and threw the deck on the ground. The aunt picked him up, laid him out, same result. And she said, you're going to have two sons, one light, one dark. And my cousin Tommy is very dark skinned and dark hair. My cousin Jonathan is more fair, was born with blonde hair. And in fact, when my cousin Tommy was born, hours after his birth, like they were still in the hospital. I don't even know if my grandparents knew that he had been born yet. They received a congratulations card from this aunt from Colorado, like hours after his birth, but she knew. And my dad, for fun plays with tarot cards but 
has always been interested in that stuff. And I know that like when we were in high school, like seniors in high school, my mom read the book version, but then also saw The Exorcist when she was young. And so she was always like, no Ouija boards, none of that shit mm-hmm. in the house. But since we were technically like almost 18, my dad knew that my friends, two of my friends and I were like really kind of interested in tarot cards. And he, at the time, didn't know either of them very well. And so he just for funsies after my mom went to sleep, had he had the witch's tarot deck and he had us all shuffle. He was like, don't tell me your questions, whatever. Just think them as you're shuffling. And he literally like afterwards, my, well, actually mine and Sharon's mutual friend, Jamie, said to me, oh, very funny. You told your dad all about my relationship with my dad, didn't you? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I guess my dad had like, her question had to do with her father and my dad explained their relationship to a T to her. And she was to the point that she was freaked out. And the other friend had asked a question that then not even a year later came true. Um, So it's weird, but my, on the other side, on my mom's side, my aunt Nancy is... She was born premature in the 50s. Um, and in those days, obviously, medical you know, technology wasn't where it is today. They didn't know that she would even live all that long. I mean, she's still alive and still kicking and in her 60s, whatever. But um, she lives in an area not far, like in the, the suburbs of Chicago, uh, not too far from where we live, that was hit by a really bad tornado in the 60s. And it took out like, oh, like just numerous towns in its wake and there was lots of death and in her kind of like what Sharon was saying about Jeff's house she's uh, she's very used to the fact that things just go missing in her apartment her condo it just happens and, and then like, reappear <laughs> and, and at, she says it like that like oh well, it just happens and there was a Christmas a few years ago when she was looking for a necklace that she had set aside for my mom to play with because it like the chain was knotted and my mom likes to dig at that stuff and I went to find my aunt because she was taking a while and she was in her bedroom and she was like, it's, it's gone. It'll come back. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, the necklace. I, and I could see there were like two necklaces on her dresser with the space in between. And she was like, I put it right there. And now it's just gone. And I'm like looking on the floor, looking under the dresser, like trying to help her. Meanwhile, um, both of my parents had come into the bedroom because my aunt had had some water damage in her office, which is across the hall from her bedroom. And so my dad was like, well, forget the necklace, show me the office. So it was him followed by my aunt, then my mom, and then me pulling up the rear. And as I was leaving my aunt's bedroom, her hallway has no windows, no access. I don't think there's even vents in her hallway, but I swear to God, I, I really do think that I felt something go through me, like a ghost go through me or a spirit or energy or something because I was walking and I felt it from the back forward and it just felt like a rush of energy. And then I saw my mom's hair like flutter and my mom put her hand to her head and goes, oh, is there a breeze in here? And I just stopped because I was like, that just happened. That really just happened. Holy shit, that just happened. But the funny thing is that I always thought that I would be terrified if something like that happened. And I was like totally calm, a little excited but like not scared, but I thought my mom would freak out. So when we went home, cause I was staying over at my parents' house for, for the holidays, we all like put on our jammies or whatever. And I was like trying to go easy. And I was like, so I just want you guys to know that this happened and like, don't freak out. 
And I told them, and my mom, again, was like, oh yeah, no, it's Nancy's house. That's what happened. And I'm like, I thought you'd be losing your mind. And she told me that a year before or two years before, my aunt had had a party with uh, some relatives and they, their condo has like a party room that you can rent out. And so she had the party down there, but like her condo door was just unlocked because people were kind of coming and going. And my mom noticed that my aunt left her checkbook just like out on the kitchen counter. And my mom was like, you dumbass, like, why would you do that? And put it in a junk drawer in the kitchen just to get it out of the way, but it was right on top. And then later in the, in the evening, went to get the checkbook, it was gone. They literally took the drawer out, dumped everything on the floor, not there. My aunt literally changed her accounts, everything. She was like, I don't know, you know, she didn't want identity theft or whatever. Two years later, she calls my mom and goes, so guess what I found? My mom was like, what? Because she'd forgotten. Oh, she, my aunt had apparently that afternoon opened that same drunk drawer right on top of everything, right where my mom left it. There's the old checkbook. So that's like a regular day for her. But to me, I'm like, what? You've never told me these stories. So <laughs> yeah, we kind of, we've got the creepy on both sides of the family a little bit, I think. Certainly. I have like an excellent picture of a ghost wearing like a nice chain necklace with like a <laughs> writing checks. And <laughs> right? Like my aunt starts getting weird Amazon packages. Like what the hell? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know what a ghost would buy, but I imagine it would be definitely what the fuck worthy. <laughs> <laughs> she just gets all these sheets like sent to her house. Like who's buying <laughs> these sheets? With holes pre-cut. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That is some spooky shit. And I can't imagine like kind of the paranoia of not knowing what the ghost is and isn't going to take like something like that could really drive somebody up the fucking wall. You would think, but my aunt was like, oh, it's just another day. Like she didn't. And I was blown away by that because I was like, what the fuck do you mean? It's just another day. Like I would be losing my shit every moment. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I guess if you're used to it, then you're used to it. I don't know. But I was also really mad because I was like, why do you guys always like neglect to tell me these stories until after the fact? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you could have a moment like Sharon where they tell you a story and it confirms exactly what's been going on in your house. <laughs> I'm not sure which is worse, like which is scarier. Right. That is some shit, you guys. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking time to sit down with me. I love horse talk horror. You guys have hung out with me while I've done my dishes a few times. Oh, ah, thank you. Got it. Appreciate it. You've hung out with me while I've been doing work late at night when I needed to get off the computer and was like, it's too quiet in here. And I need a little something, something that's going to keep me awake and amused. And thank you for that. <laughs> Pleasure. Yeah, you've hung out with me when I've gone on walks at night by myself in the dark. <laughs> She's brave. She's so brave. <laughs> clearly, clearly, we've learned from all the things that have happened to us. I know, same. Well, really, honestly, like one of the first human contacts I've had hanging out with you guys, talking with Spencer the other day in like months outside of my little bubble. So I really appreciate you guys coming and hanging out and, and telling me those fucking awesome stories. So you can subscribe to Whores Talk Whore on basically any streaming platform. Um, you can find us on Instagram at horse talk horror uh we do have a twitter and we have a facebook but we don't 
really use those because I hate Twitter and Facebook. Um, <laughs> but you can write to us at whores talk whore at gmail.com. Uh, we welcome any sort of listener stories. If you have uh, ghost stories, uh, creepy stories. Um, we had one listener who wrote us a story about how his mom was good friends with Ted Bundy in high school and asked him to prom and he rejected her, which um, probably was a very good thing that he did that. So um, <laughs> right. yeah. Um, any, anything that you would like us to read on our show? Uh, we like that or just like say hi to us. Uh, but yeah, check us out. We have a little something for everyone. Um, it's not all horror movies. We do true crime, paranormal. Uh, we have a couple um, episodes on um, lifetime movies, like bad lifetime movies that we like just make fun of and uh, <laughs> uh, some Twin Peaks stuff, if you're into the TV show Twin Peaks or David Lynch. We have a bunch of horror movie trivia episodes where we just like drink beer. And my um, husband slash editor, producer Spencer, he quizzes us on horror movie trivia. So Which yeah, it turns out we're not very good at, we found no. out. Uh, and it's not just the beer, it's just in general. <laughs> but we blame it on the beer. The beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun though. It is fun. It's a lot of fun. So. Um, also, when I tell Jake about, or when I show Jake this, he's going to scream because we have, on our podcast, we are literally obsessed with ghost punching. Like, That's hilarious. Nice. One story one time about this guy whose house was haunted and he got pissed off and like put holy water on his fists and <gasps> punching the ghost and like jerking off onto Ouija boards. So vulgar and awful. But, uh, and then he started like punching the ghost. So when I tell Jake this, or when he hears this, he's going to scream. And I just want you to know, thank you for making his day. Thank you for making <laughs> <laughs> you just have made you me seen laugh so hard I had to cover my mouth otherwise that would have been obnoxious audibly <laughs> speaking of ghosts and jerking off have you seen those videos of Trump where he's like dancing and he's doing like these weird hand movements and it looks like he's jerking off ghosts <laughs> yes he's, I mean it is exactly what it looks like uh, that's so funny <laughs> appreciate your time very much 